0: welcome to make that paper the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our
1: artistic dreams and to acquire lots of random shit so you can eventually rent it out to the industry today we're talking about the pre to post production post and the Foreign
0: Film Function, and let's not leave out the old corporate video vocation. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker-Stickle.
1: And Jason Bieber. In
0: this episode, we are talking to the powerhouse impresarios behind the ubiquitous Drama 3-4 production company.
1: They have been responsible for feature films, television shows, and hours upon hours of digital content, including music videos for Eric Clapton, commercials, promo campaigns, and countless comedy shorts, including a bona fide viral hit for Funny or Die, and one of the very first ever Viral videos before hosting sites like YouTube even existed.
0: Please welcome to the program the omni talented creative duo that is David Fickus and Bryce Beckham. Yes, we're
2: so excited. The (laughs) Impresarios,
0: you had to put that (laughs) word in.
2: I love it.
0: You guys are so omni talented, like Jason wrote. And the thing is, you both started as actors. And so yes. out of being actors, knowing that you needed a side hustle, you decided to go something um, that paralleled that and be creatives in other ways. So how did that happen? How did you two, you know, decide to do that?
2: Well, uh, Bryce, you should start because your acting career starts before my acting career. So yeah,
3: my acting career started very early. I think uh, I, I just kind of uh, I wasn't really thinking of it as a as a side hustle to get into production and, and uh, behind the scenes, creative, you know, writing and editing and producing. Um, I did kind of fall into it somewhat, but it was, it was more out of me trying to uh, get away from, I think the, the, the uh, rigors of professional acting auditioning and, and sort of the, the the, uh, the grindstone of that, uh, yeah. was, was less interesting to me after, after, you know, 20 some years. So <laughs> I was, uh, uh, was it even that much then? Probably not 15 anyway.
2: Yeah. Wait, you were, well, we met, we met Bryce when you were 17. So, and you started what you were on Alice. No, when you no, first... no,
3: no. I was, uh, I 18? was 18 when we 18? met.
2: Yeah. Uh, did, you, did
1: you meet at USC? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. which is uh, where you and I met as well
2: yeah, yeah yeah it's uh we there's a whole there's a whole uh USC school now the USC school of dramatic arts yeah. but the USC school of theater at the time um Bryce was a freshman when I was a junior and uh I was there you know I we were both BFA acting majors and I I want to say the first time i realized i mean we had there was a couple of moments but like i knew who bryce was and also who was in your class was uh jeremy right um, yeah yeah
3: uh for for like one semester
2: yeah jeremy from growing pains so jeremy that, that was jeremy <laughs> miller oh, yeah so that was the class that had the two the two child stars in it and uh um but yeah i think the first time i ever if i remember correctly i was like driving to pick up sets for a show that i Wrote and directed, and Bryce was like helping me load stuff, and then I cast him in one of my second, my senior show. And our my favorite story of of Bryce, kind of realizing like how who he was, and and this is who he's been with me for like twenty years now, which is crazy, but. We were like painting sets till like four in the morning and I was the person who had to like stay up all night and do it and I remember like thinking I was alone, like, oh, everyone else left because they were tired and I looked over and Bryce was in the corner still painting sets and and we, you know, he, he was just a night owl staying up late and making sure that what needed to get done got done. And yeah, and we did that play together and then that was our kind of our USC kind of theater community. You know, Bryce. Was, you were. You know, you can talk about Namaste Theater Company too. Like, we we all just kind of came out of school, and I was, I was doing a lot of shit. I was doing a lot of editing and all that stuff. So I.
3: Yeah. Well, and you also you also double or you minored in in
2: film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well, that was my you, question.
0: Where did you get the editing skills in a BFA program?
2: Well, I, I came from a Arcadia High School, uh, and we had a kind of a closed circuit. Um, television program there i had a very weird high school like I, in my high school i had already written and directed my own shows and i was making all these spoofs and these parodies like we remade all of terminator 2 and i played linda hamilton i was very good and <laughs> I uh, That's uh great. great i'd like can you still do the chin-ups I could still, yes. Oh yeah. The, the jog down the hall is the best. Um, uh, that's, yeah. is, he's
3: got, he's got that down.
2: I got that run. The closest um, I
3: have to that is I can, I can walk like the Tyrannosaurus in Jurassic park.
1: But that's that's great. Great. And also <laughs> yeah. a valuable skill. Yeah. yeah. I'd
0: yeah. like to see him chasing Linda
2: Hamilton down the hall. Yeah. So. Well, we should do that. Maybe yeah, should I'm mashup. here for that. Yeah. That mashup. We need that mashup spoof. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, I was editing and doing a bunch of stuff. And then when I got to, Theater school, I I quickly realized that like I was kind of n- not everybody had those that that kind of upbringing. So I was already doing a lot of original works and editing, and I was you know as an anchor and a reporter, and I was always going back to my high school to use the equipment and and shoot movies to save my grades. I put Bryce in some of those, and um, and then I got into the film school, and then I kind of met more of my film community. And when I got out of school and Drama Three Four started with those two independent student productions at USC. And then I made my short films under that banner. And then when I got out, I did a feature. And then Bryce was, you know, Bryce was always just a huge part of that community when we started doing the showcases i was this. just hanging
3: around he was
0: yeah, yeah. Well, bryce let me let me ask a question one did you ever say to david well i'm a sag working actor so you're gonna have to pay my day rate number one number two i'm a really big famous child star like at any point where you're like does this guy not know who i am
1: that goes over really well in college <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you not know who i am
3: is
0: that why jeremy miller left was he like people don't know who i am i have
3: to know i honestly he just left the theater program I I think he uh, uh, I, he he wanted to do something different for his major. I don't even actually know what he switched to. But.
2: Also, Bryce also left the theater program. Well, that's yeah.
3: true. I did. I uh, I <laughs> he didn't. Did I two didn't, years. I didn't exactly graduate.
2: Yeah. So so Br- so how Bryce and I officially partnered? I mean, yes. it's funny you mentioned you mentioned in the intro like some of the viral videos and all that kind of stuff. So we even even before we had worked with Liam on the shoe stuff. Um, before that, there was a bunch of like other kind of, you know, pre-YouTube things that that Bryce and I were uh, both part of. And um, that th- there was one thing we did called the Anakin auditions, which was like a parody of like the Anakin casting tapes that um, that became weirdly viral before that happened. And it. know, it's when bandwidth actually you had to pay for it. Right. So like, our my my fifty dollar movie with all my acting buddies. Once it was on the internet and it went viral, like it was costing me two thousand dollars a month to like host. And I was like, take it off, get rid of it. (laughs) Uh, But that that was the thing that that turned into a um an idea to do like a Larry Sanders casting office show. Um, and I had written a bunch of stuff and Bryce. Bryce was like proofreading my writing. He would, he would like, you know, basically he helped me format my feature script and he, you know, and it, Bryce is very um, gr- grammatical. Um, is that a word, Bryce? Did I say that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> not, not one usually applied to a human being, but, but yes.
0: But Bryce, does that mean that you're um, more of the technical writer in, in general in your relationship? Yes.
3: Yeah. In, uh, yeah, in our partnership. Does uh, structure
0: Dave, come easy to you?
3: The, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I I would say, yeah, generating content is, is harder for me than, than kind of fixing it up and punching it up. So Dave kind of does the heavy lifting with just kind of rapid firing out as much as he can. And then I, I come in and shape it and kind of reorder it and, you know, add, add my stuff. And that's kind of how we, how we work.
1: We, you need follow, to, you we need the, a Bryce. Yeah, you follow the elephant around with a broom. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, it's and actually it's interesting because we, you know, when when he first did, I, it was that GKB casting show that I wrote a pilot and then like I, I, he proofread it and then he said, "Hey, I, I'm sending it back to you." I also wrote a couple of scenes in there and I was like. You yes he did. Like, excuse me. Yes he did. And then I read them and I was like, oh that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And that's how we kind of formed our our writing partnership. And then when we did the showcases of the live shows, which was very hodgepodge and everybody was was writing together, but Bryce would always kind of polish and we would pitch stuff. But the, what, what Bryce said is is exactly how we edit and how we I mean kind of how we produce and how we write which is my, you know, supercharged too fast brain we'll throw out too much and then Bryce will kind of like distill it all and kind of repitch it back to me and whatever, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly auditioning things. So when I write something, I'm like, here's three jokes for this moment. Mm-hmm. And Bryce will be like, I'll curate. Yeah. He'll like it or he'll fix it or he'll find a fourth joke. So it's always, and and we edit the same way. Like I'll do like the really, um, like the rough, unpolished here's a multiple takes here's a couple of things or whatever and then he goes and fine tunes it and and I actually don't even know you said I did the heavy lifting. I don't know if that's true. I think we I think it balances out but but it is well
3: yeah that's true. I mean I I I definitely put a lot of work in. <laughs> yeah. um, it's,
2: it's, let's 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 you know, give there's credit there's where credit's there's due. a
3: lot there's a lot on my end of the yeah. equation for sure but uh but uh I just meant, I get
2: the jobs so
3: <laughs> yeah yeah he, he's I, out there he's out there hustling And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in here uh, tinkering.
1: So, all right. All right. Super valuable. Super valuable. Sounds like a good, I mean, it's a good partnership. Yeah. Now, this is all the creative work that you guys do together. And what's amazing about this side hustle, this, you know, that is drama three, four is that it is, it evolved around your creative work, but it, it's not all your creative work. It's yeah. also just a bunch of jobs that y'all are doing for other people, other companies. And even the create, you know, even when you do it, it's it is creative. But where do you where do you draw the line where you say,
2: okay, this is this is a this is a fucking job and this is this yeah. is our stuff. Like, it's it's hard to to we were talking about this when when we knew we were coming on here and and I I had written that email saying hey these are all the side hustle things and then Bryce was like you know none of that's a side hustle I was like I think all of it's a side hustle I, I don't know <laughs> if you
3: understand the term side hustle <laughs> um, yeah no I just like I I, I get because you know a side hustle is supposed to be something that you do in addition to your career right in order to, in order to like keep yourself afloat and I think mm-hmm. I, you know I. I, but I get what Dave is saying, which is that it feels like all of our jobs are odd jobs. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like you know, we are kind of the handyman of production in that we, you know, we just kind of, you know, this person in 14A needs some corporate animation. And, uh, you know, the girl in 3B is uh, doing a self-tape.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so that, the
0: the bitch and lives the bitch in apartment three. Yeah, that's her. That's
2: her. That, that's yeah, her. Right. that was that. Well, yeah, and I think I think she's um, auditioning. I think um, it's funny too, because I and I think of how it, we can now reflect on this, because like the company officially became a company in 1997 with a mm-hmm. very specific non-side hustle agenda, which was make an independent feature film, and. Mm-hmm. And in 1997 to like 19 to like 2000, in order to make a feature film, especially we shot on 35 millimeter, like you you had to do all this kind of like traditional stuff. And it was it was in I think 2000 when um, Mac when Apple came out with Final Cut Pro and the and the editing systems that changed. And like basically, yeah. you needed an eighty thousand dollar Avid to cut our movie. And then suddenly for like, you know, $5,000, you can get a full on editing system. And so that created, that created, that gave me um, at that point, drama three, four an ability to kind of have an office and have, and just create a business. And that side hustle became like acting reels and editing stuff. And and I think for Bryce too, like you were doing a lot of graphic design and you were getting hired for like posters and graphic design stuff. And so his anim, he was learning animation and graphic design. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I had already been editing, but I was learning like computer editing and how much, yeah. how you know, and then Bryce got in on that and like Liam got in on that. And, yeah. so, so all and I, that-
3: I would have never been able to do that if without Final Cut Pro, I would not have, I would not have been exposed to avid editing systems and, and, you know, figuring all that out.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Let's get back to the show yeah so to support that the business drama three four you were editing acting reels and what was the other thing you said you were editing yeah, actor like reels, sizzle and reels and sizzle like we reels. would just
2: get we would mm-hmm. get odd jobs here and there like I got um I mean this is always funny like I remember I did like the the tri-delta sorority rush video for like 1998 or something like that and I I yeah. um I I I was the only boy who was who had to go to project the video, and I actually went through rush for like three days, and that was Did totally it blow your mind. Blew my. Were you in a sorority? I Can was. You? I
0: was a Sigma Kappa. Oh,
2: I mean, I rush have is never, a bitch. I've never been in a situation where I've heard screaming become white noise <laughs> like it was girls clapping and screaming and, and each other and but you right. know it, it was it was insanity but also I did the value of it too i actually it was like oh these are a bunch of Young girls who are coming together and like they wear the same shirts and sing the same songs. And- well,
0: I think, yeah. what, I mean, this is a side note about sororities. Um, everyone's always like, oh, you are in a sorority? It doesn't seem like you would be. You don't have the personality for it. What people fail to realize as a sorority, I went to a very big university, I went to Michigan State University, it's a huge campus, huge lecture halls. Reducing the size of that to feel safe and protected within a group of women was everything. Yeah. You know, you're on co-ed floors in the dorms. I was very sheltered growing up. So joining a sorority just gave me, um, you know, reliability and like a place to escape. And it was, you know, like going to an all-girls school all of a yeah. sudden. And that felt really safe to me. So there I are saw valid reasons. Yeah.
2: I saw that for sure. I always, and then I, uh, the, the, the part that I always got like a little freaked out i mean obviously being in at at usc and i was not in a fraternity and my dad my my parents were all like fraternity people and
1: jason were you in a were you in a i was not i was also my dad was in a fraternity and i had the you know the invitation to join i i was in the theater we were in the theater school that was a fraternity yeah our theater school
2: was not I was in a, um, I was in a band and I did a I was in a band for like ten years from that time and we would play all the frat parties and stuff like that so I got to I got to experience a lot of that culture without mm-hmm. really having to dedicate myself to it but um but, but yeah shooting the scary... their video yeah and like doing their videos <laughs> oh, that was hilarious um and uh, yeah so that so that you know, going back to the editing stuff like that was we would just get jobs. I would do, I mean, every actor needed acting reels. And I knew how to yeah, like, sure, take the VHS tape and turn it into, th- I mean, we had these racks of VHS things to make copies of them and send them out. And so, so that was the idea of, okay, well, how do I get paid to, with these skills to kind of keep the lights on, which will buy me time to do the the main hustle and Which then is to over the-
3: create our own stuff, to, right. to yeah, write, yeah. write and, and produce our own material.
2: Well,
0: let's not n- neglect the idea that Bryce might have been getting $7.77 residual checks from <laughs> Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> and can't... was it a Small Wonder?
2: No, Mr. I, Belvedere.
3: No, yeah, right, uh, but... Wonder Years. I was on an mm-hmm. episode of The Wonder Years. Oh,
1: right. Okay, there but, we go. But you can't, I mean, that's, that's not... Um... That's not a see I, the way I see this. Yes, this and I and I see this as kind of unique, a first time for for our show. Yeah, where you've got this entity, this this production company that it it itself, not the two guys we're talking to, because you guys are just cogs in that machine. <laughs> <laughs> the company itself, it's larger than us. You guys are, have built something that you that you've poured yourselves into, and it is it is an extension of yourselves. But the company itself has its own side hustles to support its creative ventures.
0: Exactly. So you you guys were never ever having to go Uber Eats or you know Postmates.
2: Well, well I I mean I, you know when I or first digital. got out of school or, or even in school, I I catered for for a little bit. Um, I, I catered the Casper premiere party. I remember taking food from Eric Idle. Um, <laughs> But but uh, I never really had to go do like the bartending gig and stuff like that, which I'm incredibly fortunate for. I I really, you know, making the movie was like, you know, we approached it like this is my grad school. Like you got to learn how to make a movie by making a movie. There was no other way. And and a a couple other friends had made movies and i had been watching all of that stuff. And and I had done two uh, pretty successful short films before the feature. But. In order to make the movie i had to start the business and then when the movie was done i was like do i keep the business what do i do and and that became you know my way of making money my my job was was you know all these drama three four side hustles it was the day job yeah 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 Yeah. and and it's funny too because around that time around 2000 was when we started doing the sketch variety show and and When we were doing all the live stuff and doing all the short films, like it really was trying to just parlay stuff. And every time we put something out, somebody would turn around and hire us to do one of our marketable skills for them. You know, it
0: it,
2: it is, but it's also, I was going to say the thing about the side hustle and the main hustle. Even right now, Bryce, I think you would probably agree with this. Like it's hard to tell what is what. You know, yeah. like we, we are doing something that we we right in post-production on something that we creatively love and been doing forever, but we still have like, you know, somebody came in and paid for it and we still have to like do notes and, and make sure the bosses are happy, even, even though it's, you know, our pure creative, which is no different than a network or or a, a showrunner or yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah.
0: But you've done all those things in the first 10 years to support being able to do these things, which was the goal of the company, right. Is to be part of the creative team, to be the yeah, source that we people also, come to.
3: We also have continued to do those, <laughs> those <laughs> earlier things. I mean, like a lot of, a lot of the jobs we do are just kind of, you know, work for hire, uh, adding our, our skills and our talent uh obviously which is you know why we why we get the work yeah. but uh but it's not it's not being paid to to create our own stuff it's yeah. still you know people people bringing us things that they need done and and then you know we we do it for the money and you know we we invest some creative energy in it and you know yeah. we 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 take pride in our work but
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a lot of it is is, and this is where the balance is tricky. But sometimes, you know, we get hired to do things. They don't have enough money. We do it, and and like the passion versus work balance mm. is like slight. Like you know, we all, I'm always going. Okay, is this a hundred percent passion? Where we literally just go shoot something that we love, and we bring everyone together, and we do that then you have like the 50-50 thing where like we're partnered with with you know with Beat Garage is a good example of that we're doing all these music videos and doing all this stuff and like passionately we get to do music we do stuff that it's it's more creatively fulfilling than you know um Wolfgang Puck food videos although those are kind of fun too because we Oh my gosh people yeah.
0: love watching food videos food videos <laughs> yeah. is like porn they've actually made food porn like you just watch a girl eat a big mac for two minutes and i really didn't understand it until i did this fasting and then i was watching girls eat big macs for two minutes because i was like oh my god i'm fasting and this is terrible
1: i I did it's really good i did not know that was happening um speaking (laughs) of porn speaking of (laughs) porn i i didn't want to lose this thread there was you said you brought uh what happened you brought softcore porn to scotland Oh, that that was a good segue part of your job
2: uh yeah that's this is a great example of of um of how you know what we did what we what we would kind of naturally do would showcase one level and then somebody coming to us and saying hey can you do that for us so did you ever go to the fringe festival I never did. Yeah, see, I never did. But you were—that was back in our day at in theater school. Like USC had a big old um, system to take shows to Scotland, and it kind of it ended. And they've always been talking about redoing it. So I I had a show that we that, that the show that Bryce and I first worked on was invited to go to Scotland in the summer of like '96, and and uh, and I was like, no, this is too exhausting. I I can't. I won't be able to do it. And. Uh, I was just graduating, and I kind of regret that, but I also was the right decision at the time. But years later, um, I've always wanted to go do the Fringe Festival. And our friend Mike, uh, who is a writer, he was—he's—he's. He's, we've collaborated with him for for years, and he was on Burn Notice, and and Bryce and I both ended up on Burn Notice uh, through Mike and and Matt Nix. And he he started his writing career with. Writing like kind of Skinamax. It was for Showtime. What was the show called? Or what was it, Bryce? What was it? Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah. It was, it uh, was, uh,
3: oh, what was the name of it? It
2: was, it was like that. It was in that pocket. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, uh, so he wrote this horrible script. And then that one got made. Then he wrote a sequel to the even more, (laughs) that was even more horrible. And he showed that to his uh, now wife and was like, oh, yeah, I wrote these things. And she thought it was so funny. And she said you should have ficus in the drama three four and and the showcase people do this as like a stage reading so they kind of came to us and said would you do this as a show and we figured out how to do it and all the sex scenes um, were just listening to Carlos Santana's smooth that was <laughs> wait <awesome. Yeah.
3: laughs> that's we would play that and then uh, the uh, the yeah. actors would do some kind of like
2: interpretive dance yeah. body <laughs> that movement. Is, that is it, it brilliant, funny art. The sex scene. And yeah, the yeah. line in the script was always, and then hot sex ensues. Yeah. It was very silly. We put it up here. A guy from the Fringe Festival said, you should take this to Scotland. And the next thing you know, we're, we, for the first time, and this is in 2016, this is the first time that Bryce and I had really like shut down the company to go do something like that. Huh. And yeah. uh, it was really, it was really amazing and bizarre. And, and, uh, and I, I think we both were like, oh, we got to figure a way to get back there and, and, yeah. uh, and take non-softcore porn. Although we loved the show. Like we had
3: fun. <laughs> yeah, we, we loved the show. It was really interesting to see kind of how it translated over there because uh, you know, obviously they speak English, but, uh, but their style of humor is very different it's than different. ours. And we, we yeah. thought it would, you know, we, uh, we thought there would be no issue because, you know, that kind of broad raunchy yeah. broad humor seemed like it would be uh up their alley but there were some there were some differences especially with the kind of the crowd that is there mm-hmm. um and there, what there they two what they what, what they're used to seeing yeah,
2: yeah there was like two crowds showed up one crowd would show up and be like oh this better be funny and then the other crowd would show up going I hope I'm watching live porn and, <laughs> and the live porn audience was definitely disappointed. And the other, the other thing was like we had to win them over and stuff like that. So we yeah, had God. some like rowdy crowds that were like, <laughs> that didn't, it was, it was, it was surreal. I mean, you do 30 shows. And, and the Santana wow. fans
1: were probably also not amused. It's
2: so funny by the way. <laughs> and so, so here we are in 2021, 20, 22, but we just for, for this, thing we do for beat garage we just cut this whole promo that's all about the guys that are in the santana band and i was like it just all intertwines and becomes like you know bad bad code in the matrix that we're living <laughs> it's just it, is, so it is
0: funny when you are when you've lived here long enough or been in a scene long enough like everything does come round and you're like god like i don't know yesterday oh we talked to second city guy Dave Rozowski in the morning and then I got three emails about second city stuff and I was like wow that's weird and then I got how many text messages about second city last night and I was like what's happening
1: it's because we have an Alexa yeah Yeah. she's
0: telling everyone Jamie's talking about second city Mm -hmm. um so it is weird though when you're in something in a system long enough and I do think LA is a system and a lot of people don't last you know and it starts to get smaller as you get older like sure new people come in but they they haven't proven themselves they haven't been here long enough we don't know if they're going to leave yet yeah it gets so much smaller and you you look on facebook and everybody knows everybody that's still here yeah it's wild
2: it's so wild and it's our and it's our community too and i think that's a lot of the conversations i've had with with some of the usc that you know i'm i'm on the alumni council now and i and we talk a lot about you know that that transition from school into in, into Hollywood, which is just such a strange transition. It's um, like being
1: put into a launched out of a t-shirt cannon.
2: Yeah, and, and and even even now I'm I'm reflecting on it in ways and understanding it now in ways that I never had even then. Like like I was very fortunate to kind of have that bridge semester to do film and then to kind of make a movie and kind of like I yeah. threw myself into the fire of doing that. So and I. Surprisingly so. Yeah. And, and Bryce and I, I think we both, we both had this, like I auditioning, which is funny. I just literally put on a, I, this morning I had to be like, Oh, submit my self tape. So I still do that oh, yeah. when it comes in, yeah. but it's not that same. Um, you know, it's not that grind that, that when I first got out of school and got an agent and they were like, you gotta do this, this and this, and just audition, audition, audition. And you see the rewards of people in our community that, that just kind of, hit just to singularly focused that but bryce and i i just i don't know we just didn't you didn't want to do that even when you were in college right
3: yeah i mean i just i uh it was mostly the it was mostly the you know just trying to get jobs like i i like acting and i i gladly do it when i'm given opportunities but i i don't uh, you know i don't like trying to seek out that work because it's just it's it's
2: it's, it's a, a grind. grind
3: like he's, yeah i mean it's that's the only word for it it's you yeah. have to you have to keep at it and keep at it and it's and
0: unrelenting painful work to audition at it's best yeah. acting is great it's, it's humiliating at its worst just uh just it is work it is some of the hardest work yeah. you do and, well, and, and
3: and it's you know most of the time results in rejection i mean just, yeah. just statistically it's going to like it,
1: rejection i would think would be more satisfying it's uh it's it just it's
2: silence it's silence it's yeah. no comments yeah. no comment oh that's, that's such a good example yeah you're right like how'd that audition go mm-hmm. that's 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 at least here at least you what know at least in the
1: old days of like two years ago and before you could at least like leave the room and wonder well I think the guy in the room didn't like what I did so I probably fucked it up so I'm probably not getting it right, <laughs> right. but now the only guy in the room at least for me is this lady right here <laughs> I'm like eh. no just kidding <laughs> well, that's, and that's right
2: well look I, I will say my 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 partnership with Bryce and I and we say this with Ken Michael who we we work with or I always say this too but like you know Bryce is not easy to make laugh but when you get Bryce laughing, it is the, it is one of the most joyous things in the world. Like I, there's been multiple moments, and I know Bryce is. If I even start talking about the band photos, he he'll just start um, giggling about it. <laughs> um, but when you when you uh, when you have an audience like that, you know, uh, uh, or a friendship like that, really, and then but that friendship that also crosses over into your creative life or whatever. But like pitching Bryce ideas is the most fun thing in the world. Like. You know, I was—I I mean, I—I I got you pretty good the other day with my with my vacation mm-hmm. idea, which which I don't know. Do we hold on to that? We don't put that on a podcast, right? Yeah, don't go,
3: don't spill it. Uh,
2: don't spill that.
1: But um, I, I don't know if this is a creative idea or if you're just inviting him somewhere. but
2: <laughs> Exactly, yeah, we're gonna go on a vacation. It was the funniest
3: idea for a vacation you have yeah. ever heard.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But you know, but finding that finding that um, community and that partnership and that kind of creative crossover is is uh, I don't know. It's it's it, riffing off of what you're saying about the auditions. Um, we we started doing the showcases and the live shows because I realized, you know, I had made a movie that I had written and directed and starred in, and it did film festivals and did all this stuff. But I really was like, how do you perform? What do I do now? Like I can't just. I I can't just make my own movie over and over again. Like, you know, I need to find people to finance movies and do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And the, and the most practical thing to do was do these sketch variety shows, these live shows. And I watched that change our whole group's dynamic because we had an outlet and we had an audience and, and it made all of our auditions better. It made all of, it made everything better because we, we suddenly were, we weren't relying on just that time in the felicity audition to feed our souls yeah and and then that stuff carries over and then that's the kind of do your do the stuff you love and the other stuff comes to it but i say that out loud and i'm still like oh and we need new representation and You're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> no. yeah yeah we definitely, yeah, we, we we feel definitely that. jump when they call but yeah. so let me ask
0: bryce something really quick you didn't finish the bfa you no, i did not so, did you drop out for work
3: uh no i dropped out for uh no i dropped out for personal reasons really i just uh i had kind of uh i'd had it with with trying was
0: it john blankenship
3: (laughs) no it was not john blankenship i i had very few interactions with him but it was they were always very because he would he
1: would he tried to crush me
3: yeah no i i i've i've heard some stories but uh yeah no my my uh my my aunt went to the school theater and and had knew
1: him and had classes with him
0: He's been around for a long time. He's been around for
1: a long time. He was he was, time. he was wonderful, actually. I, I'm yeah. not talking shit about him, but he, he was our Dumbledore. He was our Dumbledore. That's a very yep. apt comparison. Were you yeah. Yeah. Ron Weasley?
2: He's, he's for me personally, uh the only D I've ever gotten in my entire life in a grade was from John Blankenship for directing in the directing class. I was like, and that's the thing I ended up doing. I was like, mm. you. <sighs> But he's hilarious because I didn't do uh, uh, fabric samples for Head of Gabler, you know.
3: I got a I got a D in AP English, uh, and you know, I wound up a become, becoming a writer. So well,
1: here you guys are. I mean, we're, we're, we're actors and uh, we take rejection personally and uh, we feel, <laughs> yeah. well,
0: There's... I'm going to tell you guys, that's why I went to grad school and got my MFA because all they do in grad school is tell you how wonderful you are. They're like, Oh, oh my God, you're oh. so good. You're so, so good. And they give you a pluses and they're like, don't <laughs> ever let anyone tell you you're not a perfect writer. Cause you are. And I wanted to go back and be like, listen, undergrad professors. <laughs> the grad school in California said, but that's why you like, you know, you seek out validation. Like, no, I know I'm good at directing. No, I know I'm good at writing. I know i and you seek out the validation in the work that you do then, you know, it drives you to put out
1: a lot yeah. more work in my opinion. Yeah. So it's- Bryce, when you dropped out, did you, is that when like art and graphic design kicked yeah. in for you is that
3: yeah basically i just gotten uh I, you know i actually the theater school was fine it was more the rest of academia that i was like i'm, I'm never yeah. gonna get through this i just i can't i can't write papers anymore and and that's still the hardest part of of our work is like when we have to do you know when we have to do like one sheets and stuff like uh-huh. that like yeah. any anything that requires kind of like essay writing is the is the worst for me of just like try, trying trying Agonize over how to get it right. So uh I'm sorry. So the acting was <laughs> <laughs> the acting was fine. But um uh but yeah, that I was also kind of getting uh I computers were getting more advanced. In, in yeah. per, personal computers were getting more advanced and allowing me to kind of do do more with them than I had before. So I was, you know, I was learning. Uh, animation programs and and photoshop and illustrator and things like that and kind of uh t- taking my 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 technical skills to another level and i i kind of got i kind of got really into that and you know i like i said i was self-taught i'm a self-taught editor yeah. uh which was only possible because i was hanging around with dave at, at his drama 34 offices so, before So self-taught
2: I was... is a loose term-hmm but yeah, sure. well, myself. tutored do... You had and a, I, a t- tep- like, uh, I feel like yeah. I. no, no, You're right. You're right. Well, but you. But you said you were learning it
3: too because yeah. you. You uh-huh. know, you had. You had worked with film.
2: Yeah.
3: And uh, so, so yeah, nonlinear editing software was was new for both of us. But uh, you yeah. know, that was something I was accustomed to. Was kind of teaching myself how computer programs work. Yeah. So. It was a, yeah. Yeah. Very so. Good. So, yeah, no, when I when I when I dropped out, it was really uh, it was it was more to take a break. You know, I'd been kind of I'd been kind of going full tilt for 18 years and and got sick of that. And so I, you know, I took a couple of years off and uh, and just kind of loafed. And then uh, and in that time, I was, you know, pursuing creative endeavors as they came up. I acted in other people's shows. Uh, when I was asked to, and I, you know, was learning all these, these technical skills and, and putting those to use. And so, you know, a lot of what I initially did for drama three, four was things like poster design and -hmm. stuff like that. And I was doing that kind of freelance for, for a few, for a few different people, uh, and, you know, taking odd jobs, if you will, uh, doing that, not, not even so much for the money, but. For uh, just for the experience, because I because I could, and it was the kind of thing I I enjoyed. So.
0: And it's one of those fields where you have to bring a portfolio, you have to show your work constantly. Yeah. So yeah.
1: it's it's funny. I I, uh, I I don't know why I blanked on this, but you're you're reminding me around the same time. This was like I while I was at USC, I was in the in the computer labs because they had Photoshop, and I was teaching myself those programs. I ended up getting, I was making all the posters for all the school theater shows. That was my yeah. side hustle at the time.
3: Yeah, and I had done that in high school by hand. You know, I was like, <laughs> I, I had been drawing since I was, since I was little. And so uh, in high school, I kind of took that on too of, of just, you know, drawing uh, posters for shows and things. So um, this could
0: have gone differently for you. You could have been a tattoo artist.
2: Let's take a quick break. And we're back. You did. It. You do. You have a Tad on your back, right? You you designed yeah. that, didn't you yeah, design I'm, that? I
3: I did. I designed it. You don't it. have to show your tat. I'm. Just I'm not going to show it. It's. You uh, can send
2: us a picture yeah. later. It's a
1: podcast.
2: You can... <laughs> <laughs> it's oh my god! My... Look at his back. I mean, <laughs> it's on my shoulder. It's not. <laughs>
1: Quick Q. Uh, Santana smooth. <laughs> well,
2: you, know, you know what's funny though, Bryce? I, I was just realizing. Like, I remember in those early days, uh, in like, you know, when you were doing this stuff for the Namaste Theater Company, I had done a photo shoot you know over here for that for that show the illusion and mm-hmm. then those were like that was me shooting the the pieces the pictures the photo mm-hmm. elements that you then took and made the poster and i'm realizing like oh we're literally doing that right now for like ali slater and some of these lyric videos we're doing i'm like this is it, i didn't think that we're we're actually echoing the same things that we you know figured mm-hmm. out back then but now we can just do it like with our phones and adobe premiere and computers way more than 35 millimeter and scanning it. And then, you know, yeah, it's it's amazing.
0: So do you think like being as hard as it is to fund your own company and to get the work so that money comes in to sustain and support and pay rent and pay bills and pay office lights and, you know, any extra people you hire. um, Do you think it was all, you know, so that you could have the freedom then to go on auditions to shoot your own stuff when you wanted to like why wouldn't you start at at you know at a studio or or at a production company and learn these things like why did you go this route right out of the gate like nope we're just gonna do it on our own
3: that was that was the thinking was that we would you know we would do these things until we got the chance to (laughs) do these other things but also I think You know, I think we always had, or at least I always had this idea that people who go to work for, I mean, if you go to, if you go to work for someone on a, on a salary, like say at a studio, there are expectations of you to, to be able to do certain things. And I think, you know, personally, I was always a little concerned about uh, credibility
2: Mm. and and credentials,
3: like whether, whether I had me. (laughs) <laughs> whether problem? but whether you know whether uh i i was never really good at like fake it before you make it like yeah. if i if i can't accomplish it then we just you know whatever we don't get paid but it's not like i have to you know it's not like i'm getting fired and losing yeah i can't losing health it. insurance and stuff right. like that
2: Bryce realized at one point that i can't fire him which is like um <laughs> Which is probably good for both of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, and well, and th- there's a couple things on that. Um, one, Bryce, you know, sometimes I've explained Bryce and I's relationship as like Kirk and Spock. It's very much like I will run into a burning building with no idea how to get out and call Bryce and be like, How do I get out of here? And he's like, Okay, listen, here's the floor plans, here's what you do. Go left, <laughs> uh-huh. go left, go right, go left. And I'm like, Okay, but there's fire everywhere. And that's just kind of how. We work. So I think that's how we do complement each other as, as a partnership. And then then it's like, you know, I think this much time in the industry, you can look back and it, it made perfect sense to like make a movie and then somebody distributes that movie and hires you do to, to do the next movie. And we've definitely seen. You know, some of our contemporaries do that. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and and that has worked out for for the Ryan Johnsons of the world, and, mm-hmm. and that's great. And I love and I love that. And I, I think that's w- wonderful. I've also kind of seen the other side of it, where you like you have a company, and then the company gets acquired. You know, and but in order to do that, you have to have like the assets and stuff like that. So that's some of the stuff that I've been like looking at more in the last five or six years. Of like, okay, how do you diversify make a company look like this? How is it valuable to? quote unquote, investors. And 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 how do you piece all that stuff together? But the, the idea that someone is going to just kind of pick us up and go like that is, in weird ways, the dream. And then we've had experiences where it felt like that was happening. And then they all turned out to not be that. And we also see companies, like we've been a company for 25 years, basically, I don't know how you how you say how long our company has been. But like, really, I've been doing this since 1994 and you know i could rattle off companies like artisan and good machine and all these companies and you know all all the all the youtube companies like maker studios when you watch all of these companies be like oh we're the hot shit and then they implode or get sold or do all this stuff you realize we're knocking on doors for approval of companies that may not actually be real and so you kind of Take care of yourself a little bit more, and I, I would rely on, you know, our community and our tra- kind of drama three four people, and it was just everyone became more reliable than, than what my agent told me that this company was because you know you get that. Yeah, need. that's, 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 a, good, that's yeah. a good
3: point. That it that it's uh, it, that uh, we it was easier for us to depend on ourselves than yeah. to mm-hmm. try to go out and and be in a position where we you know, we were needing an, uh, an another entity. Uh, we we needed their success in order to ensure our livelihood. You know, it was, it was. yeah.
2: Plus the bigger, the bigger thing was every time we kind of fed our souls, then those people would come to us. And it was always a much easier conversation. You know, I always say this about auditioning when you're doing comedy, like, doing comedy auditions in a room with a reader who's giving you nothing, with a script that may be mediocre, it's, you you are working against a, a million things. But every time I was pulled into an audition from somebody who had seen the show and who, before I got there, said, this guy did this, blah, blah, blah. You, you have a different, um, you know, the expectation is different. They want you to be funny because, yeah. because the person in the room already told them that, you know, that person's betting on you to look good and that that kind of cool factor has to be created and the way you do that is by making your own stuff and that's why I think we continue to just experiment and make shows and you know and make short films and and do all this stuff because we just don't know how it comes back around but it's consistently coming back around in weird weird ways and I I think at this point Bryce I don't know if you completely agree with this but like I'm just riding the wave. Like I don't want to paddle as hard as we used to. It's like we 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 could just have to ride the wave. And every time we just kind of ride the wave, like it keeps it keeps going. And it's and it's, you know, at the same time, we have so many deadlines right now, and March is insane. And I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Speaking of <laughs> weird ways that you're, <laughs> that, that, that it keeps going. And also speaking of building assets and, you know, growing the, the value of your company, yeah. something, an aspect of your company that we haven't talked about is your rentals business. Yeah. Um And a, a significant part of that is this house. Oh this yeah. Singing oh, yeah. word house. It's
2: a, it's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, what again, is this? So that's again, a, an incredibly, um bizarre circumstance, but um well, I'll start with the rentals side, but you know d three four rentals was something that we always unofficially did. and then um I met uh pranav Shah who was on the usc alumni council with me and then through the pandemic he he got um he got um furloughed and was like, oh, i was basically like, you know, I think from a distance watching what drama three four was doing and we were talking about things like that and he comes from the kind of the the corporate side of doing corporate like theater gigs and stuff like that so he understood like this side of like you know shows need things Mm -hmm. (laughs) you own the things you get them to the shows our side of that was when we got our show on on vh1 we were like okay we're gonna be in a show let's buy the cameras or let's buy the editing equipment let's buy the stuff we rent it to the show and it's like it's you know and then you have it afterwards right yes that's So that template's always been there and so between that template and pranav's template we we started expanding and like okay let's buy some cameras let's buy some live streaming equipment let's buy some stuff and then we get to use it for our stuff and then rent it out it's i mean it's kind of like bryce and i's editing skills like we get to use it for ourselves but then we rent it out to other people yeah um so that's the first part the second part is the this house which is in Arcadia, which is a family friend of mine, a guy I grew up with, played Little League with. He called me and sadly, both of his parents had passed away and they have this house, um, the the family house that I used to grow up in. And the dad and the older brother are big game hunters. So in their game room, Mm -hmm. which when I was a kid, there was a handful of animals in there. Is big game like when you go abroad? I, I mean, because no, you no, can do no. the lottery
0: and shoot bear here, but you have to get in the lottery, um, and it's very a rare. bear
1: is big game. Moose is big game. Yeah, no, these <laughs> I think are these are
3: animals, right? These are exotic animals. These are exotic, exotic abroad. abroad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. Usually big they game. have a okay. giraffe there's a giraffe this is in
2: disgusting
3: there. there's, okay. a giraffe. there's a whole well, giraffe body in there
2: it's it's just not for me Jesus. Not, basically he was like what would you do with this taxidermy would hollywood figure this out and all that so it started with like props really yeah yeah and then i went over there and i was like well what's happening with the rest of the house and i was like you know we can put this on a location site and that turned into a couple other conversations of putting houses on location sites and like really um part of d34 rentals and i think our expansion was always like the idea of props and wardrobes and locations and uh beyond just gear and that is again like an extension of the community like it's stuff that we need for ourselves and i know if we need it then other people need it too and that's kind of how we're expanding so this this one location uh is kind of under our our umbrella and we were able to shoot our pilot presentation there last year and we're going to wow. probably shoot a uh, we have this home improvement show uh called House Place that 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 um with the access to that house, we might be able to, you know, keep our costs down and do a whole mm-hmm. season of television and all kinds of all kinds of stuff that again, super random. That my little league friends were like, What do you what would you do with this, vicus And I'm like, burn it to the ground everything. or yeah
0: we can make you some profit on that yeah we'll be the property managers you're basically the property managers
2: yeah and it's, it's featured in that there's a new cheryl crow documentary that's coming out that's at south by southwest and they went and shot there for a couple of days and and uh cool. awesome. so so it's it's work i mean it's slow and steady but we've also had to like clean out the house and there's all sure. they have all this old it's really fascinating if you're into vintage stuff i mean they have like the remote controls and like the the directions and stuff for like you know 60s televisions and stuff it's really Hmm. quite bizarre and awesome
0: we sort of had a sort of a similar experience we had a carport and we built it into an airbnb garage yeah um but we lived there that was our house next door but we had so many Production companies that shoot music videos yeah. ask us to shoot in our Airbnb, and mm-hmm. it was literally a Murphy bed that came mm-hmm. down. It was tiny.
1: I absolutely, yeah. would have done it if they actually wanted it, but CBS passed. But yeah, uh, but the...
0: now, CBS, we would have said yes. Yeah. But the the music videos, we were like, hard no. Enough
2: every time well, or no. this this crazy house which we 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 turned into a serial killer's house for our comedy project I um, that. And, I great. That. and that was perfect for that but also um i think it was i, I don't remember if it was american horror story or something somebody was looking at it um and and if even a couple of commercials that came by and scouted it like one commercial would just you know is 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 so helpful to the idea of yeah. like yes. eventually creating the animals and like, we want to actually get all those animals out of there and, and, and do, do a bunch of stuff. And like, you know, the family needs to keep it. Can I pitch a home makeover show? Yeah. I mean, that's what the, that's what the house place thing is. Like, that's a, that's what our house place show is like is a is, uh, redo is a comedy of those worlds. And, Did you open uh,
0: up, up to museum tours of the
2: Oh my God! fans for even, big like game? About, I didn't even tell you about the real bears, but then, then. Hilariously. Oh yeah.
3: There was an actual <laughs> bear. It's like, like a living bear. I,
2: Inside, living? I, I was in under the house. editing. We set up some editing stuff in there, oh like doing transfers and stuff like that. And I kept hearing shit under the house. And I finally was like, what is, is that? And I thought somebody was in the house. I was walking around and I went out to the side and there turned out there was a mama bear and a and a, and a bear cub living <gasps> under the house. And they became my friends. Mm-hmm. And I every time I would go there, I'm like, oh, I can hear, I can stomp on the floor here. I'm moving around. And I was like, this is insane. And we had to like do a whole thing to get rid of the bears, like we had to scare them out of there and put cayenne pepper. And I, I would
1: think if I was a, a bear, I would not, I would not set up shop under the death
2: house. Part of the process of doing the house play show would be, be to get the animals out and make it a more thing. Like they, they, there's now a bed in there, and and but most of the beds and the mattresses were taken out, so it's it's really mm-hmm. just kind of like a big storage unit where you can kind of matrix or, or Tetris different different yeah. uh, furniture pieces. But somebody could live there. I mean, it's really nice. I thought of it myself. I was like, "Do I go live there for a while? Do I put my the pool in looks out? sweet? Yeah, yeah. We've done some, we've done some good shoots there though. So far, it's been fun. So
1: I want to pivot for a second because you guys wrote a movie that was the number one at the box office in China, and I watched the trailer for this thing. It's called Hollywood Adventures. Yep. This movie looks awesome. <laughs> Now you listed this as a side hustle, but this seems like it would be like, this is the, the, this is the thing. So, so tell us like, what, what were you contracted to write it? How did this end up happening?
3: Yeah. I mean, basically we were kind I mean, that's, uh, I think the, the only reason that would qualify as a side hustle is because it's not, it wasn't really our project. You know, Mm -hmm. it was, it was, we were hired, we were brought on to, to write it and we did, you know, we did sort of the initial drafts. We didn't, uh, you know, the, the final product isn't exactly what we, uh, exactly what we wrote.
1: You didn't translate it to Mandarin.
3: Well, no. We did not do the Mandarin translation. <laughs> that was not, ourselves. that was not
1: on us. That was all Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have
0: a, um, a screenwriting professor, uh, he's he's just he's awesome but he only and he's written a bunch of shows here in the 80s and 90s series but now he writes for hbo asia so most of what he gets picked up and works on is hbo asia i mean and i've Hmm. seen them and they're great shows like they're putting out really good content so i don't know I mean, I think that that's something that we're so focused on Hollywood, and there are opportunities overseas too. As you know. Well, yeah. Who, who yeah.
1: contract? Recognized. Who approached you
2: about well, about writing? It? Yeah, so that 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 came about because of um. We had done a couple of writing things for Justin Lin's company, Perfect Storm, mm-hmm. and he so they had this it's it's interesting and and we don't know all the ins and outs of this but but it's technically a chinese uh film but it was like a hollywood um production company so so the reason we were able to be not you know not to knock down our number one-ness or whatever but the reason we were able to be number one is because we were considered a chinese film as opposed to a hollywood film and they have release dates that they have like blackout periods where you can't Mm -hmm. so we weren't like up against, you know, um, Rambo Rao Five Jedi or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Rambo Five. We were, we were, we were only the Chinese. We were the 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 thing that we, we took. What was it? Jurassic World was what we. Yeah, took Jurassic
3: from? World is was was you know on either side of of us. Uh, yeah. I wow. think, but but they have this. Yeah, they have these these periods where they will only show domestic films.
1: Yeah. Dom- then, domestic
3: Chinese films.
1: And there's a uh, a standing deal that I don't know if it's Chinese government offers, but basically the movie is heavily subsidized when a certain percentage of the movie is shot shot there. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, There's, there's, it's interesting. I don't know all of that, but, but we, for us, we, we kind of, we it started as like this indie film. They were going to do like a a kind of a low budget trains, planes, and automobiles. Yeah. Like a road movie. Yeah. And so we, we wrote something that we, we actually really loved that first draft and then they really loved the first draft. And then I guess the, the the chinese investors were like this is produced by Justin Lin where's all the fast and furious car chases and explosions and all of that stuff and then it came back around to be like okay let's we're going to revamp the whole thing and uh, into like
3: a an action blockbuster
2: yeah well, can, can i say and I'm, again i i have
1: only seen the trailer because that's all you sent me but mm-hmm. that it is look, i mean it is very funny and i think i suspect that starting by writing a comedy, a road movie, and then inserting action may have actually made it a better action movie.
2: I mean, it's funny. I don't, Bryce, I, I don't know. Did, have we fully watched it? I don't know. Did you fully watch it? No, I haven't seen all. We time. haven't really fully watched it. <laughs> I think <laughs> the best action movies are comedies. Yes, yes, yes. I would agree with you. I, I, all the, all the, you know. The good, I mean, Die Hard is yeah. one of my favorite action movies of all time, and it just works because of all the kind of tension and release mm-hmm. with comedy. I can watch Die um, Hard 40 times, and I can watch Predator 1 times. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, although there's a lot of comedy in Predator 2, if you really think about it. I, just just to circle back, before I did Terminator 2 in high school, I did Predator, where I played the Predator, and uh, I might have to send that to you guys, too. Um, <laughs> I have lots of bonus features. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With me and my laser tag helmet.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much. Yeah. So much for really opening up and um, just being here. We appreciate it. And we know that people are going to really enjoy listening to
1: this. Guys, thank you so much for for, for coming on, sharing your time and your stories with us. You thank guys, you. Delight.
2: Oh, thank you. You guys are amazing. And it's so good to spend time with you guys and see you guys. And, and uh, it's, it's, great. Our, it's our pleasure. Sure.
1: We would like to thank our guests, Bryce Beckham and David Fickus. Make That Paper is us, Jamie parker Stickle and Jason Bieber. Episodes mixed and edited by Jason Bieber. Our theme song is Monday Girl by Jordan Bieber. Make That Paper is hosted on Anchor FM. If you like the show, do what all podcasts ask you to do. Subscribe, rate, review, and share and talk about it on social media, at work, family gatherings, and at your favorite watering hole. Tune in next week for another great guest.